Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also find me live St. Louis, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., 97.1 FM Talk. During the week, you can find podcasts, videos, etc. at HeidiHarris.com. I've been talking to some vaccine-injured people recently because I think their stories need to get out there. Uh, I had a chance to talk the other day with Heather Elkins, who was forced to take the shot. Even though she worked from home, and she worked for the state of Oregon, even though she had a pre-existing heart condition, even though, even though all of that, she was forced to take the shot, which she did not want to take. Even her union, the SEIU, did nothing to protect her. I'm talking to some of the vaccine-injured people on my video series, Headlines with Heidi, but Heather didn't feel comfortable coming on video, so the audio recording was from the video, so just bear with me. Heather, welcome to the Heidi Hair Show. Glad to have you. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. So talk about your story. You initially had, you had a heart condition and your employer mandated that you get the vaccine and you tried to get a medical exemption, but were unsuccessful. Talk to me about that. That's correct. Um, so I do have a pre-existing heart condition. I actually had a, an ablation done on my heart. So um, my heart was basically kind of just skipping beats. So um, I was having frequent um, premature ventricle tr- contractions. So I had seen reports coming out about um, issues showing up after the vaccine with the heart. And so I asked my doctor several times and and talked to her about it because I thought it was a concern. Um, I I asked for an exemption. I even called my cardiologist and asked them, you know, to, to advise me because my work was mandating the vaccine, even though I'm a work at home employee. Yeah, well, I want to stop so. you there. That's really important. So you work for the Oregon Department of Human Services. That's correct. And yeah. what did you what did you do with them? Um, I I do eligibility determinations. So okay. I'm you know I work in social services. I help um, give the public benefits and stuff like that. So okay. So I as of but I want to I want to make sure that we stay by this this point's important because as of 2020. You became a permanent work from home employee, and yet they still tried to push this shot on you. That's correct. Yeah, I, my position initially was in office, and then they did a rollout of a um, online system for everybody, and I volunteered to be a part of that group to roll that out. And then after they rolled it out, they made our positions permanent or said that they were be- going to be permanent, and I accepted a position with that team so that I could stay working from home. So I never intended to go back to the office unless it was for a meeting or something, which in two years, I went back to the office for a total of maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Right, now you also, you were obviously very against the vaccine. You said you're not against vaccines in general. I I don't think anybody is. We all had, I get my dogs, you know, rabies vaccines and things like that. And we all had vaccines as children for the most part, but you said you weren't upset about the vaccines in general, but you were concerned about this one for a number of reasons. You didn't feel like enough was known about it and the long-term effects, which I think is smart, Heather. Most of us were just asking questions. We weren't saying this will never be good. We were just saying, hey, hold on, hold on a second. This is rushed to market. We've got some questions about this. And that sounds like that's where exactly. you were. That's mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, I just was not feeling comfortable with how rushed it was. I didn't think that there was enough information given about it. Um, there was lots of information coming out that there was, you know, data that wasn't being, you know, given to us and whatnot. And I just really didn't feel comfortable with it yet. 
I get the flu shot every year. I mean, I didn't this year because I am concerned about the vaccines now. Right now, I'm not get, I, I was going to go get an allergy shot a few months ago. I don't get them very often, but I was going to get, and I thought, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm not get, letting anybody get near me with a needle right now. I, I don't trust it. I hate to be that way, but that's how I feel now. Sounds like you're the same. Yeah, I have a little bit of trauma from it. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So you, here's the interesting thing. You're a union member. You went to management, HR, and the SEIU, which for people who don't know, Service Employees International Union. You talked to them about the fact that you were uncomfortable about that. And they kept advising you apparently to get the vaccine and said, oh, yeah, the reward outweighs the risk, which of course we know now is not the case. And you knew even then, or you suspected then that that wasn't the case. Right. That's correct. I did. I did go through HR and my um, manager several times. And I also asked my doctor several times for exemptions, called my cardiologist. They refused to advise me on it, which I mean, that was a big red flag for me because, you know, why can't your cardiologist tell you if it's okay for you to, or safe for you to get a vaccine, you know, so. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because until 2021, it was widely accepted that a second opinion about all kinds of things was okay. You needed to right. have an organ out, you you needed a, to have a tooth out, you know, whatever. You got a second opinion routinely. And all of a sudden, everybody had the same opinion, which I'm sure made your nose twitch. Yeah, and I had multiple conversations with the union and the union was really pushing for everybody to receive it. And I said, this is not okay. I'm a work at home employee. I haven't had COVID in the two years that, you know, before this mandate. And then, you know, they mandated it and made sure we all got it. I got it last minute because I just was so unsure about it. And I just was feeling like, you know, uncomfortable. And so I waited until the last minute to get the vaccine. I can understand. And then, you know, they were, they were telling us we would lose our job and stuff if we didn't comply. So right. I've been at that job for 14 years. I didn't want to lose my, my job. That was my next question. Did anybody at your job actually quit their job as a result of this being forced to take the shot? Well, people were leaving and they didn't say why. So okay. I, mean, I, I think that um, they were afraid to say that they didn't want it or whatever. So I voiced my opinion in, you know, my group that I work in. So they all knew how I felt about it. Right. So some people were quitting. You just didn't know why, but you'd been there 14 years. And, you know, it's just terrible to tell people that they're not going to have it. And because the, the worst part of the whole shot was even if you didn't, you know, if you wanted to leave your job or whatever, so many employers were pushing for the shot. That if you left that job and said the heck with this, you try to go somewhere else, they might push the same thing on you. So it was a real, you were your backs were up against the wall for a lot of people. That's true. I mean, lots of people have said to me, why didn't you just leave your job? Well, one, it's my job of 14 years, you know, mm -hmm. that's a hard job to leave. And, um, you know, I love what I do helping people. I love to help the public. So, I mean, I didn't want to leave the job. And I felt like, you know, with all the news that other employers were mandating it, you know, I was helping people with benefits who lost their jobs because they wouldn't get the vaccine or whatnot. Oh. There was, you know, a lot of employers out there that were following the guidance from the CDC. So yeah. I didn't really feel like I had a choice. Yeah, that's true. So talk to me a little bit about, uh, it's so frustrating because I know so many people in your situation. So before the vaccine, you were living a normal life. You were just, you know, walking, jogging, doing the normal things. Talk to me about that. 
Yeah, I'm the person that goes out on their lunch breaks and, and walks my whole lunch break or my um, break throughout the day. You know, I, I'm um, avid into exercise, walking and jogging, and um, I'm pretty active. And I am always somebody to get in the car and go for a drive or whatever. And I can't do any of those things now. Mm. So talk to me about when you had the first shot. You got the first one in September 12th, 2021, you say? That's correct, yeah. And so what happened? Um, I got all the normal symptoms that everybody had, except for mine were exacerbated. Um, so the severe, you know, muscle um, aches, um, severe fatigue, the headache, fever, you know, all the normal stuff that everybody got. But mine just didn't go away. It just kept lasting and lasting. And I, I had talked to my doctor about it because I was concerned about getting the second vaccine because in order to be fully vaccinated, our work wanted us to have the two vaccines. And um, I asked for an exemption again, and again was told the reward outweighs the, or the risk outweighs the reward. So I was, I, my back was against the wall. I couldn't do anything. So even though I wasn't feeling well, I had to get the second vaccine. So I never recovered from the first one. Okay, so you got the first one September 12th. And I, I remember now the protocol, you're supposed to get the second one within, you know, what, a couple of months of the first one, right? Or 30 days or what was the, it was 30 days, right? Back then they said? I think, I feel like it was three weeks or something like that okay. because I got yeah. mine, I think it was October 3rd or 4th. Yeah. Okay, so, so you got the first one September 12th. You got the second one October 3rd, a few weeks later. Talk to me about what happened with the second dose. The same thing. I had the same same symptoms. I just never recovered from them. And then I just continued to get worse and worse to where I basically wasn't functioning at all. I'm just in bed all the time. I mean, even to get up to walk to the kitchen was, you know, terrible because of the fatigue that I was having. I couldn't stand to do the dishes. I'd have to sit down multiple times during that time or cook or anything like that. I now am finally to the point where I can stand and do the dishes, but then I have to sit down and take a break afterwards, you know, yeah. but um, it's my life is anything but normal. Yeah. Do you have a husband, kids, family, a boyfriend? Mm -hmm. How's he doing with all this? Um, he's the same. He's a state of an Oregon employee also, and he, he ended had up getting shot. the vaccine. Okay. Uh -huh. um, they actually ended up putting him on leave because he was pretty adamant he didn't want it, but then he decided to get it because he needed to keep his job. So, yeah. and he's How's been with the state for, um, I think, 15 years now. Okay. Now, how's he doing now after the shots? Um, he was fine. He didn't have the reaction that I did. But um, we did notice things later that happened. So, for instance, he is a big sun person, loves summer. It's, you know, a huge for him. It's the, his favorite, you know, season. And he couldn't tolerate the heat this year. And I think there's something to that because I've heard from a lot of different people, you know, stuff happening with their eyes, whether their vision is blurry or, or they're getting dizzy driving or whatever. There's a lot of things happening. And I don't think people realize it's actually happening from the vaccine. 
Interesting. I can't imagine what it's like. You know, we're here where I am in Vegas and we have summer that never ends. And even when it's right now, it's fall, but still the sun is out, you know, over 300 days a year. So I can't imagine what that would be like if you were somebody just living your normal life with the sun constantly. Yeah, I am somebody who loves the sun, too, and I could not be out in it. I had no wow. summer because I had to spend the whole time inside. It just um, completely zapped me. The fatigue just was overwhelming. So how did that affect your job? The, the job that you had to get the shots for, how was that affected? Well, um, the luckily, our union did negotiate for us, um, even though they were pushing the vaccine on us, too. They did negotiate that we could have some time for adverse reactions. And so I did get some um, time off that I had to take because of the adverse reactions. And now I'm on workman's comp and I haven't worked um, my last day worked, I think, was in uh, April. So I haven't worked since then. And I'm just trying to recover. But it's a long road. And workman's comp is not an easy, um, you know, process to go through. So... Right. No question about that. I mean, and not only that, it's, I'm sure it doesn't pay your entire salary. I'm not trying to get into your personal financial uh, It situation. does not. It definitely does not. So that put a strain on me. And, you know, what we're finding... Um, with a lot of people that have the adverse reactions is, you know, stress um, really causes your symptoms to be exacerbated. And that has been a big stressor for me. So that has not helped the situation. Oh yeah. And I've talked to several people who are vaccine injured and I've also uh, seen a lot of other people online and they do videos and talk and various things about it. And, and a lot of these people, you know, they may have had nice houses or this or that, and they can't even leave their bedroom in a lot of cases and they're, or they had to move in with relatives or something else because they can no longer maintain an apartment, a house, anything like that because they can't work. And I mean, it's just, it's devastating. Yeah. I'm lucky in that I did qualify for workman's comp. I think a lot of people didn't know that they could or that they, you know, um, or did, couldn't navigate it because it is a lot of paperwork, a lot of um, uh, tape, tape to, you know, weed through. So I think that um, it, it's a difficult process for a lot of people or just weren't sure that they could have it at all, you know. So um, I'm lucky in that I do have that and I have been able to maintain, but it's, you know, definitely a strain for sure. Very difficult. So what is your doctor? Has it affected your heart and or what other things has it affected? Which doctors have you seen and what do those doctors say? Well, I have a primary doctor. I have a specialist um, for a COVID recovery clinic since our symptoms are so similar to people that have had COVID. Um, so I'm seeing that specialist, a neurologist, a pulmonologist, and um, I've gone to a vision doctor for the vision issues that I'm, I'm having. Uh, there's one more and I'm just totally spacing it. Um, hematologist, you got any blood clots? Have you seen a hematologist? A lot of people I've talked to have. I have not, I have not seen one of those, but uh, internal medicine, you know, okay. for autoimmune stuff. So what's, what's happening with your eyes? Um, I have an autonomic, autonomic eye dysfunction. Um, what's happening is I can't view things in my peripheral when I'm moving. So for example, well, it's not just when I'm moving, like if there's bright lights or screen scrolling, or um, if I'm riding in the car or driving in the car, or if I'm walking down the grocery aisle at the store, for example, 
I cannot look at the things to the side of me because it makes my vision blurry and it makes me really dizzy and feel very unwell. Wow, that's scary because I just recently had an eye exam and I'm sure you've had many too. And you go in and they have that machine, they put you in and little dots light up and they're checking right. your peripheral vision. So I can't even imagine. So if you turn to look at those, which of course you're not supposed to do when you're doing an eye exam, but if you turn to look, for example, to see if a car was coming through the intersection on a red light or something like that, you're saying that could make you so dizzy that you might not be able to see or it would affect your vision. Right. That's correct. So oh. I can rarely drive. I have very few good days where I can actually drive and I don't drive very far because it really is overstimulating for me. Right. Um, basically what's happening is my eyes are over-focusing. And when I went to the eye doctor, he said, man, if I didn't know your backstory on this, I would say that you were somebody who had a concussion. And I said, well, I haven't had oh. a concussion at all. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, wait, I don't want to gloss over that. That's a big deal. Yeah. So what you're experiencing is something like maybe, and I'm just throwing this out there and I don't want to put words in your mouth. You're experiencing something like somebody who's had head trauma, like a boxer or a football player or something like that. Your vision is, is affected like those people can be because of trauma. That's, ex that's exactly right. He said to me yeah. when I went into the office, he said, I've seen three people today that have your same symptoms, hmm. but all of them had a concussion. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it's, it's affected your brain in some way, which we don't even understand. I, I mean, he's not a, a neuro, not a, a neurosurgeon. He's just, he's not just, but he's an eye doctor. So they can see a lot when they look in your eyes. So what did, what did your doctor say? You know, when they get you on those things and they're looking in the very back of your head, I know they can see a lot of things, blood vessels and all kinds of things that are going on with you health wise. What else did your eye doctor say? He just basically said that they're over-focusing and that's why it's happening. Um, he wanted me to do some light therapy, but so far I haven't been able to get workman's comp to cover that. Um, they don't want to accept my primary. They want me to have a doctor in their own um, Majora system. Right. And I haven't been able to find a doctor to accept me. So it's been interesting um, navigating that. But basically, you know, I, it's like inflammation. Right. It's crazy. We're speaking by the way. I'm doing this on audio, so I'll make sure I put this in there. We're speaking with Heather Elkins, who's been vaccine injured. You know, thank God, Heather. Here's one bright spot about this whole thing is that you were already in the business of helping people get benefits. Had you not been in that business, where would you be right now trying to navigate the system, workers comp, doctors appointments, all this kind of thing, and not knowing any of this, which a lot of people I've talked to who are vaccines or don't know. I, I don't know it. I couldn't navigate it. So you're having to do that and then be sick. I don't know how anybody does it. I don't know either. I mean, I can't imagine somebody who is elderly experiencing what I'm experiencing or just somebody who just, like you said, doesn't know how to navigate the system. I've had to be an advocate for myself and um, speak up a lot. And I just can't, I've said to my friends and family numerous times, I cannot imagine being somebody who doesn't know how to do this. Right. Right. You know, and going through what I'm going through. It's, it's been terrible. I can't even imagine. So now the, you went to the neurologist and what did the neurologist say and what problems were you having that the neurologist was addressing? So, um, they actually said, um, my symptoms were, very similar to somebody who has MS. Mm. And so that was quite scary. And my doctor said the same thing. So 
Um, we did do a MRI to make sure that I didn't have any lesions or anything. Although I do know that you can still have MS and not have things show up on MRI. I did some research and found that out myself. I did not but, know that. Well, I talked to somebody that you know from one of your support groups who has kind of a, I guess they call it pseudo Parkinson's, drug-induced Parkinson's. And she said the same, it's, it's, you know, it's not Parkinson's in the classical sense, but it's drug-induced. Now, what did they say about, it sounds like you almost maybe have something like that, where it's not really MS, like the myelin sheath isn't affected or anything like that, but you're still experiencing the symptoms. Is that kind of the same thing, do you think? Yeah, probably. I mean, it sounds oh. like it, but yeah, I do have... When I looked up MS, I looked up the symptoms and I have many of the symptoms. So have I you, can see why they initially thought that for sure. So now has, has you know, the crazy thing is with some of these vaccine injured people, and I know you're in the support groups and you understand this, you know, a lot of these people are taking drugs made by, wait for it, starts with a P, ends with an R, you know, so Pfizer gets you sick and then Pfizer is happy to hand you a drug to fix it. Are any of the, talk to me about what drugs you may be on or if, if they're helping at all or what they're doing. So basically what they started me on was controlling the histamine response that they think my body is having. So okay. that's the inflammation that's happening. Um, so they put me on uh, Zyrtec and um, uh, Singular, which I already took for allergies anyways, and then also added Pepsid to it because there's something in Pepsid that helps to, um, you know, control the histamine response you're having. has to do with the H1N1 or H1H2, sorry, brain fog there, but um response that your system has, you know, to the inflammation happening. So it's hard to explain. And uh, unfortunately, you know, like I'm not a doctor, so I don't know all of it and I can't remember all of it, but right. they have me on that. My pulmonologist has me on a steroid inhaler because I've had a cough since my very first vaccine that I just can't get rid of. Um, I had a lot of lung issues, so a lot of shortness of breath. Uh, just feeling like something was just literally sitting on my chest. Um, and a lot of the um, heart problems, you know, the tachycardia and stuff that people are getting, I also had as well. So um, they have me on that and they have me on gabapentin, which is um, the neuro neurologist um, prescribed. And it's basically supposed to help with my symptoms like the pins and needles and the burning sensations I'm having in my hands and feet um, mm. and throughout my body really. And um, it's helped a tiny, tiny bit with the fatigue, um, but I don't tolerate medications very well. So um, I'm on the lowest dose that they can give me. And basically within an hour of taking it, I'm knocked out. And then I wake up in the morning around nine o'clock. So I'll go to bed at like maybe eight, seven or eight, wake in the, wake up in the morning around nine o'clock and I'm still groggy until about noon. So it really affects you, which is, um, you know, something they said why they started me on the low dose. And the really so. hard thing about the whole situation is that when you're taking whatever medication it is that you're taking, various ones, of course, there's always, uh, you know, interaction with medications. That's a whole disaster in itself and that, that kind of thing. But beyond all that, you're just chasing the symptoms. You're not chasing the fact that the spike proteins are in your body replicating. And I mean, what, what are the doctors? Have any doctors acknowledged that the vaccine 
I'm sorry, did I call it a vaccine? Sorry, I call it the poison dart. Has Have any doctors acknowledged that this poison dart did this to you? Um, they said based on my medical history, they can tell that, you know, the symptoms came on after re immediately after receiving the vaccine. And so they do recognize that it was vaccine related. Because that helps a little bit, because a lot of people I've talked to who are vaccine injured, the doctors won't even acknowledge it. And I, I don't know why they won't. Sometimes they just don't want to because they don't want to get in trouble, or I, I don't know what the reason would be. But if you don't acknowledge it, then you can't really treat it. If you can say, okay, this is what caused it, then you can at least start some kind of treatment system maybe to make a difference, right? Well, I've run across that as well. You know, they'll call it COVID or, you know, they won't, they'll refuse to call it the vaccine and I'll correct them and say, no, this started immediately after the vaccine. You can look at my chart and see right. I was in good health before then, you know, other than my heart condition, which was under control because I had an ablation. Right. Let me, ask, let me ask you a little bit about that because I have a neighbor who had the shot and never had any problems with her heart. And now she just had an ablation and she's still going into AFib. And talk to me a little bit about that and what your heart situation is now, because you, as you mentioned, you had the ablation before you had the shots. So talk to me about what your heart situation is now, what your cardiologist is saying. Well, I'm having, well, they've done, they've run tests and stuff. And they said that, you know, my heart is performing normal for me. Well, so, thank God for that at least for small. Yeah. Nurses, right? So, I mean, I'm still having the racing heartbeats. I mean, not as frequent as I was in the beginning, but I'm still having them. And th I get this weird flip-flop sensation where it just literally feels like my heart is just flip-flopping. Hmm. Um, so that happens quite often, but it's, luckily not as often as it was in the beginning for sure so wow so now you have not been able to work your own workers comp is are you getting any better at all i mean is there any possibility of you being able to return to a normal life do you know i don't know i'm still off work and i'm going to be off work for another six months they're going to reevaluate reevaluate me in six months and see how i'm doing i'm still experiencing a lot of um dizziness, um, balance issues, a lot of joint pain. Um, the fatigue is just still really overwhelming. So, I mean, I have a lot, there's a long list of symptoms that I have. So I, I just um, am dealing with that every day. And so I have progressed a tiny bit in that, like I said, I can do some activities without, you know, having to sit down I can go to the grocery store now and um, I was doing a lot of shopping online, but I can do the grocery store now. It's very exhausting for me while I'm there and overstimulating because of, you know, like I literally, when I'm walking down the aisle to find a product, I have to walk down the aisle, stop, turn my body, look at the products on the oh, shelf. Right, you I can't, can't scan them like you right. normally would when you're walking through the grocery store, you know? Right, so it's sense. very overstimulating and I'm exhausted by the time I get home. You know, so I can't go to any functions without having, you know, um, to feel awful in the days, you know, preceding it. So when I get home, I'm exhausted. And for at least a week and sometimes more, I'm pretty much down and can't do much because I just have no energy. I'm just physically exhausted. And the fatigue is so bad that it's just overwhelming. I have a lot of 
um, pain and, and, you know, the pins and needles and nerve zaps and stuff happening. So um, it's, it's definitely uh, changed my life for sure. Now, what about, uh, you said you have a boyfriend. What about other friends, family? Are they acknowledging what happened to you? Are you dealing with what some other vaccine injured people are, which is families in denial? It's nothing wrong with you. It's all in your head. What, what, what reaction are you getting from people close to you? Well, in the beginning, I, I mean, my family is really pretty supportive, um, but I've had a lot of people, you know, the first thing they've asked me, friends and family, is, you know, could this be from uh, an, a pre-existing condition or, you know, and it's like, this all came about when I received the vaccine. Within an hour or mm -hmm. two, I was, you know, really feeling a lot of symptoms, so I don't know how you can explain that away. You can't. So well, not only that, you've got so many symptoms that that's not about a pre-existing condition. All these things have hit you in all different directions at once over the last period of time and some some immediately and then some longer. But, you know, you can't attribute that to, to oh, she had a pre-existing. What was my pre-existing condition? My heart, my heart's fine. That's the only thing that's okay right now, right? Exactly, exactly. It wow. is frustrating. You know, I feel like people are like, well, you know, I had the shot and nothing happened to me. Oh, yeah, I I heard, I've heard that. Yeah. Really can't understand what I'm going through. I mean, if you look at me, you can tell I'm probably don't feel well, but you don't see all the things happening on the inside, mm -hmm. you know, and it's really frustrating to people don't, don't don't understand that what what you're going through at all right and i know people like you do who've had the shot some of the closest people in my life fr family friends people i love very much and value very much have had the shot and most of them uh, some of them are having major problems most of them are okay and so i'm hoping they stay okay we just don't know it seems to me that this shot affects it, what it does is it attacks wherever your weaknesses may be, weaknesses you may not have known about, or cancers that would have come out in 20 years ago, 20 years later in your life will come on in three or four months. I mean, it affects everyone differently based on your particular body chemistry. So the idea that it hasn't affected anybody yet, I'm grateful for that, for those people, but we don't know what's going to happen long-term. Yeah, I do think it is happening to people. I mean, people are having digestive issue, issues that they've never had before, you know, dizziness that they've never had before the intolerance to heat, you know, those, those are all things that are happening to people who are vaccine injured. Right. And that's, you know, maybe you just have one small piece of that puzzle. And, you know, others like me have, you know, the whole gamut, but it, it definitely is happening to people. I just don't think they realize it. Oh yeah. I mean, all over the place. I, I, I see stories. You see them every day, people dropping dead all the time. That's, I saw this morning, the former secretary of state, uh, under Obama, dropped dead of a heart attack, 68. Megyn Kelly's sister dropped dead of a heart attack, 58. Uh, you saw the story about the actor in Hollywood who wrecked his car, drove into a building, medical episode. Thank God he didn't drive into a school or a child or a pedestrian or something else. I mean, we see it every day. Did it happen before the shot? Did these various things happen? Of course they did on occasion, but now they're happening with alarming regularity all over the world to young, healthy people. And, you know, just suddenly, suddenly, suddenly you see it all the time. So, uh, you know, we can't prove that the stuff all is recreated by the shot. But in the meanwhile, I wanted to talk to you because the vaccine injured people need to be acknowledged. They need to be heard. And a lot of people will not talk to you guys. And it breaks my heart. I don't know why they won't. It's like, if I touch you, I'm going to catch it or something. I don't know what their problem is with talking to you guys because you have legitimate complaints and real stories. 
Yeah, I think they're just getting, you know, pushed back. Everything is being censored. And, you know, I can't even post my own story on Facebook, my own, you know, story that's happening to me, that which is truth. I cannot post that without a warning coming up saying this may be information, misinformation. Right. I know. I got kicked off YouTube and Vimeo. They shut my accounts down because I posted a video. Uh, of the five reasons I wouldn't get the shot. I would never tell anybody else not to. It's not my place. I put my five top reasons up there and I sh- they completely shut me down. How is that misinformation? That's just my opinion of the concerns I had and they don't want to hear it. They, they just, they consider it misinformation. I mean, we're living in scary times, Heather, very scary times. I agree. The United States is supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to have free speech here. We can't speak freely about our own opinions Right. Without being censored, and or that's their your own life. That. Right. This isn't even your opinion. This is your life. This is what yes. you're experiencing every single day, and you're just trying to put your story, living your truth, correct. as they like to say, right? And yet yeah, they correct. won't even let you post it. Crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. Well, listen, Heather, it's been great talking to you. Keep in touch with me, please. I wish you the very best. I'm so sorry that you're going through this, but I do appreciate you speaking out because people need to know this. And I know there are a bunch of support groups out there and I'm going to put all the links here uh, in the description of the podcast so that people can find them because my point is to try to get you attention and other people help that they need because unless you can acknowledge why people are having this issue or even, even entertain the thought, you're not going to be able to get the right treatment to these folks. And we want you all to get better. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. It's really hindering us. But thank you so much for having me, Heidi. I really appreciate it. You, you, you know, allowing me the time to do this. Thank you. I'm Heidi Harris. Sorry, the audio was a little weird there at times. I have been in touch with the people who put up the platform I recorded it on. (laughs) You know, when you're doing it, you always think it's perfect. And then you check it later and you go, oh my gosh, what happened? So I am talking to them. Anyway, I didn't want to throw this interview away though. So don't forget, you can find me Sunday nights in St. Louis, 97.1 FM Talk, 7 to 9 p.m. During the week, I do videos and podcasts at HeidiHarris.com. And don't forget to check the description box where I put some information and support groups and things like that that will help these people. They need to be acknowledged. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Find it and live it. Here's Tony Scottwell. (laughs) 